This is Healthcare Strategies. This podcast was recorded remotely due to the coronavirus pandemic. As a result, the quality may be a little lower than our usual standards. We appreciate your patience as we practice social distancing. From all of us at Extelligent Healthcare Media, stay healthy, stay safe, and enjoy the latest episode of Healthcare Strategies. and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Emily Sokol, Director of Research at Extelligent Healthcare Media. Today, we are speaking with Jeremy Vanderknijf, Vice President of Proactive MD, and John Collier, CEO of Proactive MD. Proactive MD is the home of Innovative Direct Primary Care, an organization that's vision is to elevate the standard of primary care by reuniting the physicians and the patient, removing obstacles to care, and reducing healthcare costs. Today, Jeremy and John will be discussing how Proactive MD's advanced primary care model created significant cost savings for engaged members. Welcome, Jeremy and John. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Great to be here. So I was wondering if to start, the two of you wouldn't mind telling our listeners about Proactive MD's mission and vision. Hi, this is John. That's a great question. I'd love to tell you about that. As you were saying at the top of this conversation, we are all about elevating the standard of primary care and We believe and have seen and see on a daily basis the awesome power of primary care when you can reunite that physician and patient relationship and really come alongside a population of folks, hold them by the hand and walk through the the care continuum. And that's what we are all about. We know our promise at Proactive MD and, and everything we do is it's only and always about our patients and we promise to fight for their greatest good. And we believe that a primary care team, so that encompasses a physician and patient advocates, can come alongside the population, walk through this complex ecosystem that we call healthcare, and really guide and make a huge impact. And we believe by doing that and and partnering with groups of people, we can truly elevate the standard of primary care. Great. Can you actually dive in a little bit more? You know, I want to talk about the advanced primary care model and how that's different from our traditional notion of primary care. You had mentioned the care team and and partnerships. Can you elaborate more on those? Yeah. So primary care, so that encompasses family medicine, internal medicine, pediatrics, some might even say OBGYN, traditionally is is run in a a fee-for-service setting. So that means it really working off of um, volume. In in our setting, in advanced primary care, the economics is a bit different. So it is a per member per month or a capitated fee. So this allows um, our physicians and our care team more time with that individual, more time to truly look at them in their whole person and their whole diagnosis and not as just a 99213 or, or a code. And so our job is to build a model and to empower physicians to practice a deep level of population health that, that is also personalized. Our care team is a bit different. We typically have a primary care provider, which is typically a, um, a family physician or an internist and who has a right-hand sidekick that we call the patient advocate. And that patient advocate is typically a licensed clinical social work, and they kind of have a Batman and Robin relationship where they are really focusing on, again, that relationship with the patient. And so that, that would encompass getting them engaged into primary care, but also what's going on on the social determinants, what's happening on the home front, and then partnering together to remove any obstacles to care to bring them in and to really take care of that person. And that, that person means that whole family. And so, you know, what's going on with that unit? And then a, um, 
advanced primary care setting with, with extra time, with relationship, it, you really, really can just impact a population. Hey, Emily, this is Jeremy. Just to tag on to what John said there, part of what powers that is, is the people, it's the patients, but it's also the data behind it. One of the things that differentiates an advanced primary care model um, is the, the way that we look at patient data. I think certainly you and, and your listeners understand that anytime you go into a doctor's office, you're being poked and prodded and all kinds of data points being entered into the computer, into the medical record. And frequently we're left with the question of, of why. Uh, I oversee the data science team at Proactive, and our goal is to be able to look behind those numbers to find new ways that we can better care for our patients, empowering those physicians, empowering those patient advocates um, with deeper insights into health behavior, into the population health trends. So we're taking that off of what is kind of a traditional carrier type model, let the carrier, let the, um, let the insurance uh, plans of the world worry about population health. Um, we'll just treat the patient in front of us. And really being able to, to open up the possibilities that our, our care teams that John just described have that ability to actually be able to, to use the same type of information to be able to do population health at an individual level within their own patient panel, take responsibility for that entire population, their health outcomes, and be able to drive the positive behaviors that are actually going then downstream to be able to reduce costs for the plan and for the employers. Jeremy, you just teed me up perfectly because one of the questions I was going to ask is what resources and technologies Proactive MD is leveraging in order to help with this personalized population health care model? Sure, that's a great question. We are not a technology company. We're a, a technology-enabled company. So what we've done is try to build a platform um, with a few key elements in it. One of them is, of course, the electronic medical record. It's a requirement in this day and age that we do comprehensive um, documentation of patient visits, certainly. But beyond just the idea of let's document this, as John said, in the fee-for-service world, that would be so that you can generate billable claims. Instead, we're taking that information out of that EMR and we're feeding it into what we call Proactive IQ. It's our, our data integration analytics platform. Um, so we're able to connect to not just our own EMR, but other EMRs, other technologies that maybe other vendors who are also helping to serve that, um, that population might be using, whether that's community providers, musculoskeletal providers like physical therapists. Um, we're also taking all that clinical data that might be coming from these sources and we're integrating it at the point of care with the types of information that comes out of financial data. So as a partner with self-funded employers and being able to provide those population health analytics, we're taking that information to try to form as clear of a picture as we can of the health of the patient, the population, the individual challenges that they're facing, whether it's diabetes that's going unmanaged, whether it's um, inability to access care outside of the emergency room or urgent care, down to even those who might be faced with those socioeconomic barriers, the social determinants of health that we talk about, that might actually put them at a, a disadvantaged position to be able to seek or receive the care that they need. Um, we're taking that information, then we're actually feeding it back at the point of care to those care teams. So then they understand they're not flying blind, waiting for the next patient to come in. And then over time saying, hey, maybe there's a, a trend here that I should look at. We want them to be able to not just treat that patient, but again, take responsibility for that whole patient population and be able to say, I understand the health challenges. I understand the socioeconomic challenges. Um, and I've got the tools at my disposal to be able to, to analyze that and, and address it. You had talked about financial data and, and cost savings. You know, 
Proactive MD recently had received cost savings validation for the advanced primary care model. Can you talk about the cost saving results that you found? What were you measuring and how did you go about understanding the cost of care and its association with patient outcomes? This is actually our second year of, of being validated for cost savings um, by the Validation Institute. A quick note about the Validation Institute is that they were founded in 2013 came out of the Intel GE Care Initiative, um, partnering with industry experts to try to create an organization by which um, the claims of health and wellness companies, not unlike our own, would be put to the test. Everybody claims uh, to save money, right? The question comes then, whose word do you take for it? Um, you know, for us, we, we wanted to hold ourselves to a higher standard. We wanted to be able to advance not just the practice of primary care, but also if we were going to be able to say that we're part of a cost containment strategy that will help employers um, and self-funded plans be able to reduce the total cost of care for their members, we wanted to advance the practice of measuring that to actually account for, are we looking at the total cost of care of, of members? So our, our first validation came in the beginning of, of 2020, following a pretty detailed study in which we looked at uh, about a two-year period post-baseline for a manufacturer. That was one of our, our earlier clients. And the way that we went about it, sorry, I am a, <laughs> a little bit of a, a healthcare data nerd. So we have a joke in, in statistics about torture the data until it talks and, and says what you want to hear. So we wanted to do this above board. So I, I talked to my team, we have biostatisticians and data scientists. And I said, guys, we are not going to, to torture the data on this. I want you to do this fully above board tell me what the results are, and, and it is what it is. So they came back, they did their, um, their studies, we looked at the results, and I said, all right, can we go back and torture that data just a little bit more? Um, because actually what we found and what we were expecting to find was a cost savings. What we actually found was a, an even more substantial cost savings than we would have predicted. In that initial um, study over that two-year period, those, and it was a matched cohort study, those members who engaged with Proactive MD on-site health center ended up seeing a $42 per member per month decrease net of our fees from the baseline period um, to two years later. Those who did not engage with the health center costs actually went up and increased by $129 per member per month. So <laughs> we didn't end up torturing the data. We went back and we looked at it. We looked at it multiple ways. The only statistically significant result we found um, was that, was this pretty massive delta between uh, the unengaged and engaged population. Most recently, we said, all right, we're going to do it again. We received the first and, and to date only validation of primary care, employer-sponsored um, primary care by Validation Institute for the cost savings category, because we took the time to do a method that was going to be um, actually meet the needs of professional statisticians, those who are, are paid to challenge claims like ours. In our most recent study, this was a transition from another vendor. We wanted to see what happens in the first year um, post-go-live. Do we still see a, a change when we're transitioning from one on-site vendor to another? What we found actually there was the, uh, the, that matched treatment group, those who were engaging with our clinic, had a uh, $192 per member per month decrease um, net of fees after a year. Now, it should be noted that this was during the year of COVID, and we wanted to account for that. We didn't just want to say everybody's fees went down. So what we saw was the control group, um, those who did not engage, went down by about 12%, um, which was right in line with what industry experts are predicting is the, the impact of COVID on the reduction of care. Um, that $192 PMPM, um, that was equivalent to a 43% 
reduction um, in total cost of care. So um, long story short, primary care works. It, it works as a cost savings strategy, as long as you're focused on the right things, which is empowering those care teams to be able to engage patients, um, focus on outstanding care coordination and broad scope primary care. Um, and even in the course of a year, we were able to see the impacts of that. That's awesome. So I want to direct my next question to John to talk a little bit more big picture about all of the data and important evidence base that Proactive MD is really building. You know, can you talk a little bit about the importance of really putting the, the evidence behind your claims and the importance of data in this advanced primary care model? Absolutely. This is John. That's a great question. And, and honestly, one of the mo my most favorite things about my job is I love to watch Jeremy's data team, this data, this team of data engineers and biostaticians and um, data architects working hand in hand with our clinical team. So our physicians, nurse practitioners, patient advocates, nurses, and coming together to say, how can we leverage data, empower you on the front lines to practice broad scope primary care and, and truly make an impact in a population and in an individual's life? I love it because that you can just see the mission in, in their eyes. You get these, as Jeremy so smilingly said, data nerds alongside these providers and it's a awesome, awesome dream team that comes together. That being said, I love that too because for us who were out there preaching every day that the power of primary care works, that broad scope primary care can impact a population, it can bend the cost curve. And that's easy to say, as, as Jeremy was saying earlier, everyone wants to take credit for savings. Everyone wants to say that, that their model works. Proof is in the pudding and data is key to that. We leverage data for us and what you'll see coming out of on the, on the Proactive MD side, you'll see more and more white papers and studies to prove this because one, it's, it's good for the model. It, it's, it's good for, for primary care, but we also want to validate it. We want to say, you know, we're making all these claims and we really want to show that it's, that it's having a true impact, um, not just on cost, but also clinically and on people's lives. Great. So I think we would also be remiss, you know, we've been talking a lot about data and population health and numbers, but I think we'd really be remiss if we didn't talk about the individual patient in an advanced primary care model. So I'm wondering, you know, what does an advanced primary care model look like to the patient? What do these cost savings look like, the care team environment, et cetera? This is John again. And I would say to the patient, it almost feels like having a physician in the family and not just a physician in the family, but a, a medical care team in the family that has your back no matter what. And the model that we have, that we have built and that we promise is when you are experiencing something, even if it's on the social side, on the medical side, we want to be here to have that patient's back. We want to raise our hand and say, we're going to walk through that with you. And whether that's a sinus infection, that's diabetes, chronic illness, a very, very scary cancer diagnosis, our job is to come alongside an individual, hold them by the hand and say, okay, we're going to take this one step at a time and um, we're going to figure this out. We may not be doing surgery or radiation or chemotherapy inside our setting at the primary care level, but we surely are going to make sure that that patient finds the right care at the right time and that we are a part of that whole care continuum journey. And that may mean going to oncology visits with them. That may mean, you know, having, um, having teleconferences with, with different specialists, coordinating travel to centers of excellence. 
it's very, very much personalized care um, built on a level of trust and relationship. This is Jeremy. I just wanted to add, I think one of my favorite patient stories that we had coming out was, again, we're looking at the population health numbers. We were at 99% engagement for type 2 diabetes, but there was one patient that um, just hadn't come into the health center. You know, we, we had equipped our patient advocate at this location with data to be able to, to see what's going on. And, and as it turns out, that member, that employee was actually living in that employer's parking lot in, in her car, along with their two kids. It, it, it struck her that we went out of the way to find this person to make a connection and be able to, to, to bring, bring her into care. And her answer was, I'm, I'm just trying to feed my family right now. I got to drive them to school and come back to work. I, I don't have time to worry about my diabetes. That's not my priority. And I'll tell you, for community medicine, that's right. That's nobody's priority, right? You know, not that the physicians don't care. The system's not built to be able to handle those types of issues. Our patient advocate was, though. Our model was built with advanced primary care. So the patient advocate actually um, helped that patient get into transitional housing, um, got housing assistant, uh, assistance from the community, uh, linked her to food pantries in the area, was able to get her other support for her children. That's, to me, in a nutshell, that's how advanced primary care is different. Right. We, we found the patient, we met them where they were, realized that, that the challenges that they were facing go, went beyond just their diabetes A1C, um, and we were able to address that and, and change it. And we leverage the power of data to do so. And I think that the key is, and what, what Jeremy and, and the clinical team, they bring together is they realize that behind every data point is a mother just like that, is someone's child, is someone's father, son, and daughter, and that we have the awesome opportunity and the responsibility to pursue those patients down, to leverage that data, to see that risk, to pursue them, and to help them navigate healthcare. That's a great story and a model that the healthcare industry could use a lot more of. The final question, Jeremy and John, that I have for the two of you is what are the, the next steps for proactive MD? You know, as you're thinking about the future, how does advanced primary care continue to evolve? Thanks, Emily. This is John. And that's a timely question. Coming off of 2020 and, and, and still being in the midst of a, a worldwide pandemic, I think we've seen healthcare evolve as a whole, but what, you, what you've seen is, is a huge acceleration, and particularly in um, advanced primary care. Patients need and, and are asking for more personalized primary care that's going to build a relationship, be a part of the care continuing with them, help them guide through scary moments in life, such as COVID. And so from Bretton D side, you're going to see a lot more growth. We're, we're in the process of entering nine new states, um, 14 um, new health centers in the, in the next six months. You'll also see an evolution in, in the model. Again, you know, if we learned anything in 2021 is to continue to be nimble. You'll see us more, do more virtual care. It's all about meeting patients where they're at. We want to practice the highest level of broad scope primary care within our four walls of the health center, but always being focused on care beyond the walls. And, and from a, a data and technology side, just as John said, that's going to mean more technologies to enhance our abilities um, to deliver virtual care and reach remote populations. It's going to mean better ways and better insights of looking into the data, better ways of understanding risk within a population, not focusing on, on strictly the old and tried and true metrics that health plans do, but how can we take the way that they understand data for population health and continue to add to it, understanding where 
um, this different frame of, of reference can really make an impact. Fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing the work that you guys continue to do. And I want to thank both of you for taking the time to have this important conversation with us today. Our pleasure. Thank you very much thank for the you. opportunity. And to our listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Feel free to reach out to us at podcast at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. You can also use this email to let us know if there are any healthcare industry related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a star rating and positive review. Thanks for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production. 